And uh, we, we are talking about, started last week, just talking about, it's, I don't know if we would call it a series or not, but we're talking about words that precede revival. So words that precede the outpouring of God's Spirit. There are some important words that we need to understand. And last week we talked about a word that everybody loves to hear talked about. And we talked about the word sin. And, uh, and so uh, I know that's not the most popular of topics, but it's sure necessary in the world that we are living in. And until we recognize sin, uh, we will never fully see revival. And so last week we began to talk about that. But this week, I'm going to do something. For those of you that were here Sunday, uh, you will know that, that we just had a kind of change of direction. Early Sunday morning, the Lord just began to speak into my heart, changed my direction for the service. And uh, instead of going in the direction we were going to go, I talked to you about rest. And, and if you will remember, I talked to you about the reason we need to rest is so we can rise. And sometimes you got to let it rise when you're pressing with God and the move of the Spirit. You have to give time to let the Spirit rise within us. And then there are times that we have to let it rest. We have to let our bodies rest and recover and prepare for what God is about to do next. And so we talked about that, and I had so many people tell me that it was truly a word in season for them, that something that they were just running over in their mind and things that they were just caught up in that they they felt the Lord was saying to them, you need to just rest and let me take care of it. And, and not, you know, we, we are workers a lot of times. And sometimes we work and work and work. And the Lord says, if you just rest, I can do it better than you can. If you just rest in me, rest in faith. And so if you weren't here or if you're online and you weren't here and you think, hey, I may need to hear that word, then you need to go back and watch that service, listen to that message either on YouTube or Facebook because I believe the Lord will speak to you out of that. But tonight, I'm going to talk to you and we're going to combine a few of the words that I was going to talk to you, but we're going to combine it under the heading of rest because I believe the Lord has kind of shown me something in that at this entire uh, now, week from Sunday to tonight, I believe the Lord has kind of given me some more direction uh, about what to share with you tonight because rest also precedes revival. When we learn to rest in God's will and God's plan, when we learn to just, just wait upon Him and trust in Him, then revival can occur. Now, we work, we labor, there are things that we must do, there are actions that we must take, but we must never forget to rest properly in the work of Christ. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But before we really get into the concept of rest, I want to take you to uh, a setting of Scripture that I want to look at first of all, because I think this is important. So go with me to Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs chapter 18, and I'm going to read verse 21, one verse, Proverbs 18 and verse number 21. It's a pretty familiar passage, so you'll probably recognize it when you, when you see it. A Andrea, I'm going to ask you if you can, and I don't know if you can, if you can check on the board, 
I believe that I may have muted the monitors up here last night during prayer. If you could unmute, if they're muted, if you could unmute those for me, that would help me a little bit. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 21. Thank you. Um, It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. How many have heard that scripture? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so the words that we speak are, are very important. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere and I, I've got to get to it in my, in my notes here. But I, I want us to now turn over. I'm, I want to go to one other place. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7. And we're going to come back and there's a reason that I'm going here. Proverbs 23 and verse number 7 says, uh, go to verse 6. Proverbs 23, verse 6. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. Verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, I just want to take that phrase, and I want to talk to you for a moment before we get into this concept of rest. I think it's, I think it's something that, that we need to hit real quickly to really set this up uh, properly. And that is those two scriptures there. That, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And then as a man thinks, so is he. Now, the word thinketh there is, is a word that if you, if you look at that word and you research that word out, it, it has some meanings to it. One of those meanings, one of the root meanings that, that accompany the word that was used there. And, and in fact, I can, I can just give you that because I, I put it down. So let me get back to this. And, and we'll just take our time here just a little bit. It is a form. It's, it's the word, the Hebrew word, shar. Okay. But one of the forms in its original sense is a word for gates. To, to open. In fact, in, in the, the literal outright meaning, first meaning of this scripture when it says as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. What, what that, the original meaning of that is to split open, to calculate, to reason out as you think. Now, it's not as much talking just about the thoughts that you have, but it's, it's really talking about a splitting open. And in, in the original sense, it can be used as a door or a gate. So the things that you allow in, you will dwell on, you will think over, you will allow them through the gates. Remember, we've been talking about gates. And that's what you will become. The things that you allow in, you will become. As a man thinks, so is he. As a man allows it through his gates, our gates, so are we. And then, we know the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. And the power of life 
And death is in the tongue. So the vital importance of what we allow into our life, through our gates, through the gateways that come into our life, what we allow to split open the the gates of our lives to come in, and we think on those things. Because anything that you allow in is what you're going to think upon. Amen? That's just natural. If you allow it in, you're going to think on it. That's it's, it's allowed in. If you look at it, if you hear it, if, if you allow it in, in through those gates, you're, you're going to be, then think on it. And as you think upon it, you've allowed it in, you're going to become that, and then you're going to speak that, and the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so, that, while that may not seem all that important to you right now at the moment, when we begin to understand the concept of rest, that's going to become even more important. Because what we allow in, what we allow ourselves to dwell upon, then we will, our life will begin to reflect and we will begin to become that, if you will. Our life will reflect that. And those will be the things that we will begin to speak out. And the power of life and death then is going to follow that. And so in this mindset What we are looking for is the rest of God. We are looking for the fact that we cease from our labors and we accept what Christ has done. We allow the finished work of Christ to come into our lives. We allow what He has accomplished into our lives by faith. And then that way as we allow Him into our lives, full access of our lives, then then our lives begin to transform. And then out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is going to speak, so our, our words are going to change. We're going to agree with God's Word. We're not going to fret. We're not going to worry. We're not going to labor because we've allowed in the rest that comes with Christ. We have dwelt in that rest, and now that rest is going to be coming out through the power of our tongues. We're going to be speaking what Christ has accomplished. And so that truly will precede revival. How many believe the tongue really does have the power of life and death? It really does. The Bible says it does. Now, let me stop right here and let me say this because just the other day, I was listening to a teacher from from a bygone era now teaching on a radio channel I was listening to. He's he's, uh, dead now, but his teaching was still on the radio station that I had on. And he was... Sharing and, and he made a statement because this was in my mind that, that captured my attention. And, and it really hit me. And the, and the statement that he made was he was talking about how we create everything by what we say. And all of a sudden, it, that just didn't set right with me. And, and I'm, not, I'm not taking issue with, with what he probably meant but what I heard didn't set right with me. Because we, we do not, while the, we, the power of life and death is in our tongue, we do not have the power to just speak things into existence. The only way the power of life resides in our tongue is when we speak in agreement with God's Word and what God has accomplished. And, and, and that was left out of this teaching as I was listening to it. it, was, it, it now, if you would apply that concept, then the teaching probably would have, not, it would have set just fine. But without that, it almost implied that, that this is all about us. 
if we'll just say the right things, if we'll just make ourselves say the right thing, we will create this, this way of life. But that's not going to happen. The power of life and death is we either speak in agreement with God and His Word because we've allowed Christ into our hearts and He's transformed our minds and He's captured our heart and we now speak out of the abundance of our heart in agreement with God's Word. Either we do that or if we speak in agreement with this world, we then are speaking death because this world is destined for death. Christ is light and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? I am the light of the world, he would say. And so, I, the, there, there is power of life and death in our tongues, but it is not, this does not teach us that if we will just force ourselves to say something, we will create something. Only God can create. We, we I mean, you know, we can use the terminology, well, we create a piece of art, or we create, but only God can out of nothing create something but what we can do if we are resting in the finished work of Christ is we can agree with God's word and what he has spoken and out of that can be found the issues of life of healing of victory of deliverance of provision and all of those things but only in agreement with God's will and God's word amen so as I go into this, I, I just felt it important that we, that we kind of bring context to this a little bit. Because it is vital what we allow in. And what we allow in will make its way out. And as it comes out, it's either going to be producing life or death. But it's very important that we keep that teaching in context so that we stay in tune with God's Word. Because do you know there's a whole lot of crazy teaching out there as to, as to what, what we, and, and it's very man-centered teaching. It's, very, it's all about us. It's all about what we are doing. It's all about what we are saying. And I want to tell you, it's not all about what we are saying or doing. It's all about what Jesus already did and what God's Word has declared. And the moment that lights up in our life, that's the moment everything changes. That's the moment we can really find rest. Because in that moment, we can just rest in Christ. Because let me tell you why I felt like this was so important to kind of go into this. Because if it's all about you and all about me and it's all about what I say and making sure I up and making sure I make myself say this and do this and, and, all, and it's all about me, then I'm going to make room for all kinds of doubt, all kinds of, of fretting over it, all kinds of question. Well, I said it. Why, why didn't it happen this way? And all, and, and, but, but if we will just rest in the fact that we have allowed Christ in and now what comes out is in agreement with what He has accomplished, then all of a sudden, everything changes, and we can find rest. And rest precedes revival outpouring, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. And so, so with that mindset, I just wanted to get into this. And, and I wanted to just talk to you a little bit, because words matter. See, we're talking about words that precede revival. Words matter. And the reason words matter is because our words will either agree with God or agree with the world. 
one or the other. Amen. I'm talking about when you're, when you're, you know, now the Bible talks about every idle word God is recording. So every idle word, most definitely. But I, I'm, I'm talking a little bit deeper in that. I'm talking about the words matter, the way we speak, what we've allowed in, what comes out of our heart when it comes to spiritual things truly matters in regards to our revival experiences. So we're going to dive into this concept of rest a little bit tonight because that word matters. It's the word of the week, I believe. Word rest. So let's learn what it can accomplish in us. Let's, let's start off in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. And verse number 1. I'm just going to read this a little bit and then, and then share some concepts with you out of it. It says, therefore, Hebrews 4 verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest... Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Amen. You ever felt like you've come short of His rest? For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, because it was not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So they heard it, but it didn't mingle with faith. It didn't, it didn't mix with faith. So even though they heard it, as it came in, they didn't allow the word to mix with faith. And so therefore it didn't produce properly. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Now let me not, not bypass that too quickly. Say this with me. Say verse 3 with me. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Do you see that? For we who have believed do enter that rest. So, so believing is very important. So the way we accept it in becomes very important. We have to believe that it is God's word and God's plan. Okay. So uh, as he said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all His works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Are you, are you still following? So He said, so, so if the Word says there's a rest to enter, and then the Word says they didn't enter that rest, then it then it tells us that there are those that will enter this rest. That's what he's saying. And again, he designates a certain day that it's going to happen. Saying in, in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience that we just heard of the children of Israel. For the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, 
and, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom he must give account. So there is a rest that we enter into. And the rest for us is only found through the finished work of Jesus Christ. What he accomplished, the salvation he purchased for us, that he put us in right relationship with the Father, that now we are alive and connected unto the Father through Jesus Christ and him alone. And in that, we find rest. And if we believe that, and if we enter into that rest, then today we will begin to see God's plan work in our lives. Amen. Because we'll cease from our work and we'll live in His finished work. Let me ask you a question as we kind of jump into this a little bit. What are some benefits of resting in Christ? Shout them out and they won't hear you online, but I'll, I'll, re, I'll recover, recap if you say something. What are some benefits of resting in Christ? You get recharged for life. You receive peace. Anyone else? Some benefits of resting in Christ. Just accepting what He accomplished. Living in that. Receiving that. Believing that. And knowing God's plan is now enacted in your life. Anyone else? Get renewed. That's good. It takes the responsibility off us. That's right. That's, it's all about Him. That's exactly right. And not about us. And so it does. Here's three things I wrote down. Benefits of resting in Christ. It lessens performance pressure. If you can learn to rest in Christ, it will lessen performance pressure. Have you, ever, have you ever felt the pressure of performance in ministry, in whatever God's called you to do, in, in trying to accomplish? If you're teaching, I'm, I know, I, yeah, I was going to say Rick was saying every Sunday morning when he's teaching class. Because there's a, there's a pressure that comes. But if you learn to rest in Christ... It takes that performance, because that performance is on, not on us. We're sharing the Word of God. The performance is upon God's Word. He will perform. He is the Lord. He, His Word will not return void. And so when we learn to rest, I know people that will say, well, I, you know, I, I feel like God might want me to do something, but I don't, I don't believe I could do it good enough. Well, you're, you're not resting in the Lord. You, you're allowing the pressure of some concept of performance to cause you to miss God's plan. When if you'll just rest in Him, He'll take it. He told the disciples, He said, hey, you're going to come before kings. They're going to bring you before kings and rulers and leaders. And He told them, He said, don't even take thought what you're going to say in that hour. Just know this. I'm going to give you the words that you need to say. How I many know that? That kind of releases some pressure. If you know, hey, if I'm ministering for the Lord, then, then I'm just going to trust Him. I'm in relationship with Him. And He's going to give me what I need to say. It takes away some of that pressure of performance. Here's a second one. 
resting in the Lord will reduce the stress and anxiety of life. We have a pandemic of stress and anxiety in our world. How many would agree with that? It's an epidemic. It, it's maybe it's probably more than an epidemic. It is a bigger pandemic than the COVID pandemic that we went through. It is the pandemic of stress and anxiety. How many know they have proven stress is a killer? Physically. Anxiety will take you. It, it'll do damage to your body. Stress will physically do damage to your body. If you've ever had a, a like panic attack or stress attack, I mean, it, it, is, it, it does damage to the body. It, 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 it mimics a heart attack, but it can even cause great issues in our life. But if we will learn to rest in what Christ has accomplished and who we are in Him, if we will learn to do that, then it will reduce the stress and anxiety of life. Have you ever faced the stress of something coming up on your job or something coming up in the family or maybe a financial stress? You got, you know, you got more bills than you got month and money, right? And so you, you stress, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious about this. I don't know what's coming out. I don't know how we're going to make it. And so you just work yourself up. And here, here's what, what is normally found. A lot of times, stress and anxiety is over things that aren't even real. That ultimately don't even come to pass. And you're worrying and stressing over them didn't make it not come to pass. It's just you, you made the choice to worry over things that you didn't need to fret and worry over and stress over. And they never happened anyway. I've told you before, my mom, I, she, was, she was very anxious and would worry about me when I was out. And, and, you know, now looking back at me back then, you know, I probably understand it a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe she probably should have been. But she would, she would worry about, about, and I would tell her, I'd say, Mom, you're, you know, and I'd quote the scripture to her and all those kind of things. You know, you can't add anything to your stature by worrying and, and all that. And, and, and she, if I was late coming home, I've told you this before, but if I was dating Veronica and I was late coming home past my curfew, I did that every once in a while, not, not very often, but only in an emergency situation. But if I was late coming home, my mom, if I was two minutes late, it was always the worst case scenario. Any of y'all ever, ever experienced that? I mean, you know, my car was flipped over in the ditch somewhere. You know, it wasn't because I just chose to spend you know, too much time with Veronica. It, it was just because it is something terrible had happened. You know, and, and mom was back before the Google days. And so mom had those big old medical books. Y'all remember those big old medical books that you could trace down, you know, your symptoms and you could keep following your symptoms down? Anybody, anybody ever, ever see those? And, and, and mom, you know, and, and here's the thing I found about those books. Every symptom you ever had, if, if you look hard enough, you could trace it down to like cancer and brain tumors and, and just the worst case scenario. And that's always where mom traced it down to. Amen. Didn't change anything, but it sure brought a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety to life. But if you can learn, and my mom was a godly woman and she would fight against that. It just was her nature. And so she had to overcome that. But... 
you'll add a lot of stress and anxiety if you'll learn to rest in the Lord. My daughter's over in England working. I didn't like it. She's by herself. And the dad in me, and I had to keep reminding myself, she's an adult. <laughs> she's going to be all right. You trained her, and you know, you, Veronica's, we've given her the wisdom she needs and all that. And I've just had to turn it over because if I, if I would have let my mind keep running, it would have it just stressed me out. We had a moment when she got there. It was late at night. She, of course, my daughter's very adventurous. So she chose to drive and not just get Ubers and all of that. And so she's driving on the wrong side of the car, on the wrong side of the road. She flies into London. She's working in where, she, where she's working is about an hour or so outside of London. She gets there. It's late. She's driving late at night to her hotel. We don't hear from her. We don't know if she's there. And, and I'm all stressed out. I'm telling her mama, she should know better than to do this to us. She should have let us know she made it. We're calling her. And, and she's not answering. We'll come to find out. She had checked into her room. She was so tired, jet lagged from her flight. She had passed out, went to sleep. She was fine. But if I would have allowed myself, I, would have, I could have went down there. I could have added all sorts of stress and anxiety rather than just rest in the fact that, you know what? God's in control. Come on. Are y'all, are y'all with me? If we will learn to rest in the Lord, it will reduce stress and anxiety. I really believe, I believe if, if Christians could learn to rest in the finished work of Christ, we, we could get past a whole lot of things that are just stress and anxiety. Because we're taking things all on ourselves, And then resting in Christ gives hope for an eternal reward. That means if we rest in Christ, we can endure things in this earth because we know we've got an eternal reward awaiting us. Amen? And people, I, I know people that will say, well, that's not very comforting right now. Well, it should be. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but for me to die, that's just gain because I've got an eternal reward. Now, the older you get, the easier that is to comprehend because you, you, you realize that this world is all there is. We're kind of miserable. We're ready for eternity and to see all those things God has for us. But especially when you're younger, that, that sometimes isn't very comforting to you. I know, but, but that eternal reward should be comforting to us. That's We find rest in Christ. We find hope. For our eternity. Here are some key words that result from resting in Christ. Repentance is a key word that results from learning to rest in Christ. Because if we know it is by faith, He gave grace, He died for us, and we have accepted Him by faith, then the Bible says if you do sin, you've got an advocate with the Father. If there are things in our life that are not according to His word, if we will repent... Rest in Him and then live our life according to His plan, His word, His will. Allow Him to change us and turn. Rest will lead you to repentance if you'll rest in Christ. If you'll focus upon Christ, He'll lead you to repentance over things in your life that are not necessary, that are not like Him, that are sinful actions of the flesh, that are works of the flesh. If you will rest in Christ, He will bring you to a place of repentance. He'll bring you to restoration. I believe some of y'all said that. The renewal, the restoration. He will, the resting in Christ will bring you to recovery. 
You will recover things that the enemy stole from you if you will learn to rest in Christ. Because he'll recover them for you. Amen? Have you ever known anyone that when they came to faith in Christ and rested in Him, He restored their mind. He restored their life. Amen? I was watching uh, CBN. Uh, I don't know if you watch CBN, the 700 Club. I was watching that uh, just this morning. I had it on or early this morning. And, and they were running a story about a man who was a drug runner, gun runner, and, and he married a woman who, who had went with some of the vicious motorcycle gangs and was running, and, and they got married. And both of them came from abusive lives, and the abuse in their relationship was terrible. They ended up divorcing. The woman come to know Jesus, and then the man came to know Jesus. They got back together, and their story is a beautiful story of recovery because they learned to rest in the finished work of Christ and what He has done in their lives. Amen. So recovery can accomplish. Here's a couple of thoughts that I had, and I'm going to give you about three things real quick about rest. Hidden places hold rest opportunities. Hidden places, when, when you are hidden in God, when you come to Him in moments that you're just hid away with Him, those are, they hold rest opportunities. If you allow yourself, if you'll run to the stronghold, if you'll find the secret place with God, you'll have rest opportunities to just lay down your weapons, lay down your worries, lay down your labors, cease from all of that, and just rest with Him in the secret places. Have you ever learned that? Have you learned how to rest with the Lord in the hidden places? I, I have to do that. Because there are times I get so cranked up so going and so always looking and always planning and always doing this sometimes i got to find those hidden places with god and i got to capture those rest opportunities and just rest in him and say lord let my mind just be renewed in you let my focus be upon you so that i can be prepared to move forward public places so when you're out in the world public places demand rest moments do you know even Jesus in public ministry would then find rest moments? He would feed the hungry, heal bodies, and then he would go away to the mountain to pray. He would minister out, and then he would get in the boat and go to sleep. He would find rest moments because rest moments are demanded in public places. So when you, when you are out doing God's will. You're out following God's plan. And, and you're out in front of people. You, you must find rest moments with the Lord. To recuperate. To recover. To revive. To renew yourself again. You can't just give out. Give out. Give out. Without sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary and Martha. Martha was a worker. And it doesn't say Mary wasn't a worker. It just says Martha was very focused on working and Mary in the public moment still found a rest opportunity. And she said, I want to sit at your feet and hear what you're saying. Because if I work right now, I might miss what you're saying. And Jesus said, Martha, you're labored about with so many things. You're encumbered about with so many things. 
Mary in this moment chose the better thing. Learn to revive yourself in the Lord. David had to do that. They were threatening to kill him because Ziklag had been burned. Families had been taken. They had been out on raids. They come back, find their city burned, their families taken. They're ready to stone David. They blame David. And in that very public moment, David had to go in and revive himself, refresh himself in the Lord. Amen. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And then God's planned places for your life will require visionary rest. If you're going to walk into the planned places of God, you need to have time to contemplate where God's leading you. Amen. You need to make that time. It's required. Find the vision of God for the places in your life. So let's look real quickly at times at rest. I'm just going to give you a couple things and then we'll finish up on time here. Time's at rest. Let me talk to you out of, out of Joel. Go with me to Joel chapter number two. And I hope, hope this is okay with you tonight. I, I just wanted to break this down and maybe teach you a little bit more about resting and learning some things about rest. Joel chapter number two and verse number 28. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward... That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Also on my men servant, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. There are times that God will send times of refreshing. He'll pour out upon your life at times, and you have to be at a place where you can receive it. In fact, in the book of Acts, Peter stood up and said, this is that that Joel prophesied about. And then a little bit later, he says, God said he would send times of refreshing. And so these are refreshing moments. These are times where we are at rest. Here's what I want you to hear. This is, this is what I come to say tonight. Here, when, when you... When you are talking about the times that God wants to refresh you, times you're finding rest in His presence to receive, know this, He wants to give vision into your life. So during prayer, how many would agree prayer is a time of resting upon Christ? Now, there are intercessory prayer times that's a time of labor. Where you are interceding. But there is time of just fellowship with the Lord that you find rest, you find refreshment in your life. In your times of prayer, keep your mind and heart open for God's vision. Amen? So when you're praying, when you're in communication with God, that's a moment of resting in His presence. While praying, keep your mind and heart open for God's vision. Let God speak to you. Let God begin to show you what he's seeing. Amen. You're going to find rest. These are times at rest. Here, here's another time at rest. Do you know when we are sleeping? That's a time of rest. Preparing for our bodies for what's coming next. When, when you are, the Bible says that the Lord wants to give 
dreams. He said it. I read it to you. He said he wants to give the young, young men visions. And then the olders, older ones, he wants to give dreams. And dreams, you know, happen when we're asleep. And so I begin to see this, and I begin to think, Lord, in times that we're communicating with you, we're resting in who you are and the identity you've given to us. We're in fellowship with you. It's a time of refreshing in our soul. We've got to keep our hearts and minds open to see what you see, to see vision as you are showing it to us. And then in times of sleeping, I need to keep my heart open for God to give me dreams if he chooses. You're resting in the Lord. Here's something I believe is very important about rest. When you go to bed, whatever time it is, whatever time of night it is, or whenever, I think it's very important that you let your mind get on the Lord before you go to sleep. Amen? There's a reason. Because if you're, if you're filling your mind with all the junk of the world and then you go to sleep. Now, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't dream much at all. Or I don't remember my dreams. I think everybody probably dreams. But I don't remember my dreams. And usually if I remember my dreams, they're really weird stuff that make no sense to anybody. But when God has spoken to me through dreams, very few times. But when I've sensed that, it, it's been completely different. Now, my wife, if we have a conversation about something... She'll dream about that conversation <laughs> weirdly. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's from God. I'm saying she'll just kind of, you know, dream. If we had conversation with someone about babies, then she's dreaming about having babies. And then she wakes up angry because she said, I don't want to have a baby, right? <laughs> but if we could learn to get our minds and hearts on the Lord as we find rest for our bodies, I believe God then has the freedom and liberty to speak to us in those moments and truly refresh us. If you put nothing but garbage in, garbage in, garbage in, you're going to, yeah, the garbage is going to come out. And, and in your subconscious state, it'll truly come out. Amen. Are y'all are y'all with me? I'm just trying to talk to you about rest. There are times of rest that we need to keep our mind and heart open. So prayer, keep your minds and heart open to hear what God's saying, to receive visions. And in times of sleeping, that's why I think it's great to put on some worship music. Or, or if I have a hard time sleeping, I can put on some worship music or put on the Bible. I know Veronica's grandmother, she used to listen on cassette tapes to the Bible as she went to sleep. And she would, she would listen to the word. When the word. I tell people when they're stressed and anxious and can't sleep. I tell them, put on the word. Listen to the word. Listen to worship music. Just allow your mind to be in that vein. Because then the Lord can not only give you rest, but He can impart something to you and give you freedom. Keep your mind and heart open during downtime. Because we, we call that rest. Amen. How many agree there are times of fellowship with the Lord in prayer that's rest time for us? We, we rest in Him. How many agree that when we lay our heads down at night to sleep or take that, that's rest time? How many also understand the concept that we have as people that we call resting and it's downtime? It's time that we're just doing nothing. Right? It's downtime. It's rest up. But do you know, I think it's very important that in our downtime, we keep an awareness 
for the presence of the Lord around us. That we stay aware in our downtime. A lot of, a lot of times vacation is downtime. Right? But do you know also vacation can also be times of, of temptation and danger and struggle. And it's okay to have downtime. But even in your downtime, you should stay connected to the presence of the Lord so you can find His rest and truly recuperate. I'm not saying you need to pray 24 hours a day. I'm just saying in your downtime, think on the Lord. Think on these things. Make sure that your, your, your mind is staying in, as a mind of a believer that's living by faith. That's, that's when rest will precede the revival outpouring. Amen. And then we will live a life of, at rest. I'm not going to go into the scriptures, but a life at rest would be contentment. How many believe scripture teaches us to be content? In whatever state I am, I've learned to be content, Paul would say. I've learned to just live a life of contentment. Discontentment comes when we have ceased resting in what Christ has done for us. And we start allowing our eyes to get on the things of the world and we want more of that. And then we're not content with the life that we have. Live life at rest in Christ. And the last thing is faith at rest. When you learn to rest in the Lord. You'll learn the power of faith. Robert said to me Sunday after the message, he came up and he said, and I, I repeated it to Vernon in our conversation. He said to me, rest is faith at work. And I said, that's true. If we can just rest in the Lord, that allows our faith to work because we're trusting him. We're saying, Lord, this is yours. Lord, I'm standing with you. Build your faith by resting in the Lord. How many want a revival outpouring? I'm not just talking about a series of services. I'm talking about an outpouring of the Spirit in your life, your home, our church, our world, our city, all around. An outpouring of God's Spirit. How many want a revival? Then we've got to learn the principle of rest. And when we are praying, Resting in his presence, listen. Be ready because he'll show you something. When you're sleeping, be in a state of mind that God can speak to you even in that place. I don't know how many times I hear preachers all over the place and I've heard people say, I don't know why God always wants to speak at three in the morning. But how many times have you been woke, awakened at three in the morning and God had something to say to you? I know I have repeatedly. It's not always three in the morning, but it's early in the morning. And then in your downtime, live life at rest. And then have faith that rests in Christ. And anything becomes possible. We're on a road to a revival outpouring. So we understand sin is a problem. And we understand resting in Christ is the answer. Because when I accept Him and His finished work, I'm not bound by sin. 
I have life in Him. Stand your feet with me tonight. Find the benefits of resting in Christ. When, when you're stressed and anxious, find times to just rest in Him. Find hidden moments. During public times when you're pressing forward, make sure and take rest moments with Him. And when you're pressing for His plan, places, and purposes, rest to get His vision and not your own. Much more could be said, but I believe we've said what we need to tonight. Let's rest in what Christ has accomplished. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that we can rest in you. No matter what's going on, no matter where we are, no matter what's happening around us, we can find rest in what you've already accomplished, Lord. We, we, can't, we can't work our way to things. We can rest our faith in you and rest in what you've done and receive all your word opens up to us. So, Lord, words matter. Our words matter. Our words, though, need to come from a place of a heart that is rested in you. And we need to agree with you with our words and not agree with our world. Let our confession be upon your word. Let our meditation be upon your finished work. And upon our relationship with you. We love you, and we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.